seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rohit world. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rohit world. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of The Hopeless Show. We're a self-help show now. I'm Aaron Wolf, And I'm Rohit Thawani. And today's episode of The Hopeless Show is brought to you by NPR Voice. <laughs> yeah, at NPR Voice, we bring you all the best topics with a liberal slant and an important-sounding vibe. And today's topic is... Is it racist? <laughs> and yeah, with that topic, we will be talking about all things that may or may not have racial inequalities in them, such as the brown M&M. And peanut butter. And doors on the front of offices. And socks. And even we will go so far as to talk about suit colors. Yes. And also, you, the listener. Yes. <laughs> and scene? <laughs> Welcome! We have a crazy theme today. Our theme is the digital changing world. So, a lot of things that we're going to be talking about today. From our personal lives, from things going on in the world, from all kinds of hopeless things center around how the world is changing by the minute, by the day, by the hour, by the week, by the millisecond. That wasn't in order of how long the different time periods are. But but it's inclusive of all of those. It's inclusive of all of them. So we are going to talk about all of that kind of stuff. But first, it's news from the quarantine, which has moved to the bomb shelter. And even though our sound effect is an update. So it's still news from the quarantine, but think like bombs going off as well because we don't know when the World War III is going to start, if it will start. But Rohit, so my my, uh, week, first thing I just have to run by you is I realized just how lazy I can be about mundane tasks. And it's really stood out to me lately. Uh, can Can I give you an example? I would love an example. So thank you for saying that because otherwise it would have been awkward. I had to put away a bunch of stuff at my place. There was just clutter, things going on. I had to clean my car. I had to put away clothes. I had to go through some old clothes to get rid of stuff, to clear space. Just basic, basic tasks. So I said on Saturday and Sunday, that's two full days, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to do this. So Saturday rolls around and I am doing everything but that. And by everything, I mean, I'm on my phone, I'm in bed, I'm watching TV, I'm eating food. I then decide to make lunch plans with a friend. Then there's happy hour. So I do nothing. I do nothing. I actually make more mess because I get dressed and add more to the laundry. And then Sunday comes around after and I don't even remember exactly what I did on Sunday I did something and but I didn't do it so nothing got done 
and I found every reason not to do it. And it didn't involve being productive. I mean, I actually don't even right now remember. And Sunday was a few days ago now, so but I don't even remember what I did on Sunday. So can I blame for this unproductiveness? Oh, I, I do know what I did Sunday. That's coming next. Sunday evening, I went to the Clippers game uh, where I saw the Knicks, who are awful, destroy the Clippers. And I was seated right behind the Knicks president and Alan Houston, probably someone you loved as Damn. a kid. yeah. And uh, with Brad. And anyway, the laziness thing. Do you find that sometimes it's really hard to just get mundane things done? Well, here's the thing. You know, I find that laziness is also my toxic trait. And <laughs> I think there is something redeeming. There's actually something about lazy people that I think is a rare trait or is a really redeemable trait. Because think about that moment. You know you've got so much shit to do. But right in that moment, you're just sitting on the couch and you're just oh. like, and every second you're not doing it oh. is just so fucking fantastic yes. and it's magical. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the rare and wonderful trait of lazy people because lazy people have a very special skill of being able to truly cherish that moment of being able to relax and being able to just say, this right here, this is perfection. <laughs> and that often comes before we have to do something, which will require effort and getting up. Um, but so I would venture to say for fellow lazy people out there, when you're being lazy, that just means you are really experiencing the joie de vie, you know, like the, there's the beauty of life and the joy of the moment. And um, yeah, so embrace it. We should run for president and vice president. We, we can choose who, I don't care who does what. And our slogan will be Mala. Make America lazy again. <laughs> I think we're well on the way. Um, People will embrace that. What, what more do you want than a lazy president and vice president who just like sitting on the couch? Yeah, it's pretty great. So yeah, Aaron, I think you should feel okay about your laziness. And one thing I do to combat laziness is I, I've been listening to audiobooks like crazy. I'm, I'm book eight of 14 on the Wheel of Time series. I've been doing an audio and paperback. So I'm kind of like, you know, at night I'll switch to pick up where I left off on audio and vice versa. Um, but like if I'm walking my dog, cleaning up the kitchen, doing all like the stuff, I always have my audiobook on and it's just like so immersive that like I want to actually keep doing tasks more because you find a great audiobook, like you just don't want to stop. And oh, you know, yeah. So that way I get to like, do relaxing things while I'm doing annoying things and walking that, my dog's not annoying, but it's just time consuming. That's a good idea. I'll, uh, have to figure out what book to get. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, it'll be like, what'd you do today? I read and I cleaned. Well, you should start with the art of the deal. Oh yeah. Well, I've read it twice in hardcover and paperback, yeah. but I haven't heard it. So I oh, guess yeah. to hear master Trump talk about, the deal. I mean, yeah, that, okay. I will, yeah. uh, I'll give it a good listen. Great. Great. Well, I'm happy I can make a recommendation. Um, hopeless stakes. We can start <laughs> businesses like hopeless stakes and hopeless university <laughs> and uh, a hopeless nonprofit that, oh, yeah. where it's we just hopeless. funnel money yeah. to ourselves. Brilliant. 
I like it. And uh, one other thing before we get to topic one, which I really am curious where you're going with with that, because we have really wild topics today. Our, our hopeless TV is going to be extra nuts. I'm hoping 60s. Yeah. I'm looking at we our submission. We have a wild submission. Mm-hmm. But so to, speaking of the digital world changing, people are talking a lot about inflation, mm-hmm. and I believe we as Americans are actually just insanely spoiled. Yes, it's prices are going up. It was bound to happen, especially after the pandemic. Prices are going up for things. There was a stalled world for a couple of years, so they're bound to go up. But imagine going to most other countries. They would die to have what we have with inflation. Either their dollar's not worth much or they don't have the amenities that we have, just you name it, they don't have it. So I was thinking about the digital world and the ever-changing world and inflation and the economy. And I was just thinking, man, we are, America is just full of spoiled people. Oh, that there's no question about that. We are so first world. So that when people are like, oh, we live in a third world hellhole, it's like, fuck you. Um, you know, the people that, and our country is not perfect. There is no perfect country. There is no utopia. But there are people that have literally said America is a third world country, unironically, and still believe that. So if you're listening out there, uh, you are. You have such privilege where you can at least actually like type from your Apple computer and, you know, to say it on Twitter where you're allowed to say pretty much whatever. And then like have like all these luxuries and say and call this place that you live a third world country and having actually never been to a third world country. So, yes. But on the other hand, inflation Inflation sucks. Inflation, I don't want us to get comfortable with the dollar just losing its value like it is. And and you can't blame a president, one president. You can't blame a guy that's been in office for a year on all the inflation that's happening. You know, it, inflation happens over time, but inflation is purely coming from supply and demand. When you have a lot of supply and very little demand, prices go down and vice versa. Now, what has been driving a lot of inflation, sure, pandemic, um, coming out of it, we haven't actually, you know, we've seen speculative as oil prices have been, the price of per barrel has been continuing to rise. We're seeing speculative adjustments at the pump. Um, but even that it's, it's what, it, so we just did, which bipartisan Biden passed the uh, oil sh- sanctions and energy sanctions yep. on Russia, which sure. I agree with, which I'm guessing yeah. you agree with. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's the price that we pay so that we can try to help save a country. Yes, I mean, but I, I also want to say that this, but we cannot blame all the inflation on Russia because as inflation was taking place even before this conflict where Russia was right, trying to Right, but it bumped a lot. The Yes, and, that, and I think the biggest cause of our inflation is actually the fact that we have spent more money in the past two years. We've printed more money in the past two years than we've ever spent in our history. We are literally printing so much money. And if you have... If you have a total amount of U.S. currency that's out there, and then you triple that amount of U.S. currency that's out there to pay off debts, right. then all of a sudden, the, your currency is now one-third as valuable. So it is our federal government and who, who I will... What, can will I ask rep- you, what president yes. did that start under? Uh, we've been printing money for a long time. And a long time. And with, with just this infrastructure bill, while infrastructure is important, we're printing trillions of dollars that we don't have. So 
there is infrastructure and and sorry printing money is not necessarily a party thing but what we have done is when we went off the gold standard and we started and when the government reclaimed all the gold they said that you need to turn all your gold because we are getting off the gold standard and we are going into a fiat based economy where the government has is the sole arbiter of how much money is in circulation and the government in in order to pay off the debts itself has incurred based off of over promising based off of misspending and then they they just keep printing money with endlessly that is what's plummeting the u.s dollar and then you factor in supply and demand that supply chain and all of a sudden you have compound inflation which is caused sure in part by conflict insured part by sanctions and in a major part through printing of money so I do not trust the government. I never will trust the government because the government has continued to fuck us. Um, and so, and they will continue to fuck us as long as they continue printing money and incurring more debt and promising things and just, and just spending as if like, hey, listen, it's our children's problem. It's, it, it's that, that, that's a 2030 problem. That's a 2050 problem. That's, that's been the mentality for the past 20 something years. And this is why on NPR today, we have a very special economist Rohit Thawani on to help guide us to a better place, a better tomorrow, a better future. And with that, this concludes the Sunday at 8 p.m. economy hour on NPR. Yes. TLDR, stop fucking printing money. And um, the next one, let's move on to topic one. How do you feel about that, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was a a lot. And I, I commend you for saying all the things that you just said. Thank you. Um, fuck the feds. Anyway, um, topic one, Aaron. Yeah. This is, this is, this is a tough one. Okay. There was recently a woman who was left in tears and she's posted a TikTok video after her terrible experience at Universal Studios in Florida. Ooh. Yeah. Now, Aaron. I've been there a long time ago when I was a kid. You've been there recently. And you said the Harry Potter place was, was really nice, right? The, the, the Harry Potter world was pretty big. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. The Harry Potter world was cool. Like, some of Universal was, like, kind of crappy. But some of the Harry Potter stuff is, uh, is amazing. And so, like, it's like 50. It's not as polished a place as a Disney park. But there are some parts that are really cool. And then some parts that are really dumpy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and the Harry Potter and, part is in two, apart, there's two different parks. There's a Islands of Adventure park that it's in. And then you take the train, like the Harry Potter train. The Hogwarts Express. The Hogwarts Express over to the other Universal Studios, the main, like Universal wow. Studios studios. There's r- barely any difference between the two parks. They're just like, I don't know. I actually, That's sick. One is, and it doesn't. One has islands and one has studio, but they don't doesn't really have a studio, so it's just it's cool. You take this train, you go to do other rides, then I forget which is on what side, but yes, it's pretty cool. God. Well, maybe even though it's spread over two parks, maybe the the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Universal Studios Florida is not big enough because they were recently accused of fat phobia huh. by a park attendee uh, named Jordan LaFay, who says that. They are fat phobic because as she got into a line, as the way she tells it, um, she was in line for Hagrid's uh, 
magical creatures motorbike adventure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's like the one of the best one. That's the best and, one. That's the best so, thing at the park. Well, that sounds pretty amazing. And I feel for her because as she was in line, she was pulled out of line or rather asked by an attendee as she approached the front of it. And the guy said, ma'am, have you actually, have you tried the like sample seat to make sure you can fit? Because you know, you have to be like, it's, it fits our, this ride can hold 44 inch waists and under. And she's like, okay. She says she has a 42, but she has, you know, a bigger butt and she couldn't fit in the test seat. Um, and then she said that Universal Studios is fat phobic. Okay. So my hopelessness is, Aaron, we're quite quick to throw out the word phobia and accuse people of being trans, uh, transphobia, fat phobic, whatever, gender phobic, whatever, transphobic. And while there is hatred in the world, definitely. And there's phobias, which are irrational fears of. Do you consider Universal Studios tr uh, fat phobic for not having seats that might fit very large attendees? All right. Uh, I'm going to give you some hope, I think. I 100 percent, not 99, 100 percent think this is absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> I think you. this is absolutely idiotically stupid. There are rules that apply to different things in our world based on different ways that people are. For example, if you go to Disneyland and you're like two years old, you can't go on Space Mountain because it's a fast roller coaster and you have to be of a certain height. I forget, it's like 40 inches or whatever the height is, you have to hit that moment or else you'll fly out of the car as a kid. So. The, in order to be able to have a ride like Space Mountain that's fast and fun, there's rules so that a two-year-old won't get on it and fly out of it and die. Uh, the Hagrid's coaster, you're on like this bike kind of coaster thing. I don't know exactly. That was a terrible way of describing it. But you're on sort of like a motorbike, but it's a coaster. Uh -huh. It sounds amazing. You're like straddling the seat. I guess that's okay. the best way to put it from what I recall of it. And you... If you're too big, you'll probably fall out of it. And so they're just doing, you go to the park and there's some things because of, I bet also if you're under three years old, you can't, or four years old, you also probably can't do that coaster. There's just certain things. Oh, and I even have another fact. There is a big new uh, roller coaster coming out in San Diego SeaWorld uh, called Emperor like the Emperor yep. Penguin looks incredible. Like this crazy new thing opening, I think in a month or two. And I read their rules are going to be not only is there a weight requirement, they have a seat in front of the ride so you can test to see. There's also a height requirement because I guess of some low bars on the ride. And if you're over six foot five, you also can't ride the ride. It's not because they're being height phobic. It's not because they're being kid phobic it's because in order to do certain things in the world you have to be of a certain height should, should i be height phobic because i am not uh, should i be height phobic against basketball because i am too short to be able to dunk and i think therefore they should make the rim nine feet instead of ten feet so that i can dunk a basketball no it's just societal yeah. things 
Exactly. And just the engineering also. And I don't think the world is meant to bend to you. And just because you have to be this tall to ride a ride does not mean that Universal Studios has a chondroplasia phobia or they're a chondroplasia phobic, which is a fear, uh, the irrational fear of short people that does. They're not phobic of that. Right. And because pregnant women can't ride the ride doesn't mean that Universal Studios is tocophobic. Um, I've been looking up these phobias. Right. And just um, and just, be, and just, be, just because they say that Jews can't ride two of the roller coasters doesn't mean they're anti-Semitic. Yeah, it's just it's just the way the world <laughs> it's works. It's just the way so the world works. I think that so we can both agree the takeaways. One of the rides is called the bank and they're just like no Jews allowed. It's kind of rude. Well, but, while it, it does feel hopeless that some people just expect the world to bend to them uh, versus they may be trying to fit in or or make sure that they can fit in places um you know i think that you know thank god there's more sanity here and and to tie it to the digital world a problem with all these phobias and these kind of voices getting out in the world is because of the digital era like that story becomes a story and in our current era and cancel culture and everything that becomes a story when to me it should be like just go on with your day like you're, yeah. You should read before. Then don't go to Universal if you have a, that big a problem with certain rides having restrictions on it. Then don't go. Yeah, just ride the lazy river somewhere. Ride the um, lazy river. I feel hope. Yeah. I feel hope just because we have to quiet some of this stuff. It's just yeah, it's it's so too much, and we're gonna it's give a, it a hope gong and another sound. So we're gonna. <laughs> I just booed. <laughs> <laughs> and hope gone. All right. Well, Aaron, really quick. Let's just do this a rapid uh, crypto watch. All I just want to say is Dogecoin on October 28th of last year. So six months ago or a few months, no, four months ago was 30 cents. That's around. Today, is that when I sold it? Probably. I, forget. I, sold, so, sold, it I sold some of it higher. And then, yeah, I think some. you sold some at like 50 something. Yeah. Um, and today it's 12 cents. Hope. Oops. Please, this is not good. Uh, the hope I, I'll been... give is, um, row it. You should listen to me more, because yeah. going forward, I did. I believe I said on this show, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I don't, reg- like I, I might not make as much, but I'm gonna make sure I at least leave this up a bit of money. And I'm going to sell some of it. I think I sold half of my Doge. And then the other half I still have. And could it go back up? Absolutely. But I like the idea of at least walking away knowing I did well on this. I got something out of it. And I believe it's a lesson for you, Rohit, as you're growing up. You know, you're just a kid. And it's a lesson in life about about not being too greedy. And if there's all of a sudden a bunch of free money that you made by doing nothing take some of the money and then keep risking some of the money because yeah. we do just to, to rehash before how we're spoiled in America. We're also super greedy. And if you're being handed free money for doing nothing, take some of it. And yeah. I recommend I just don't want to be like my, f- everyone yeah. take some of it, not all of it because you don't want to lose out on the potential for millions, but take a bit of it. I think you're right, Aaron. And I don't want to be like my friends that sold, you know, Bitcoin at a hundred bucks. Because I have a few, a few of those friends. Um, but you don't need so, to. If you just no. if you do half and half, let's say, you yeah. keep half and sell half. I did that with some stock I had too that like tripled one day, 
And so I sold half of it and kept half of it and then it plummeted. And so I at least am like, all right, like I took some risk, but I also got some reward. Yeah. And you know what? Well, it is what it is. We, uh, I'm still, it's at 11 cents. So at this point, it doesn't even make sense for me to sell. So I'm just going to hold and um, hope it pops back to like 30 cents. Okay. Does that give you a little hope for going forward? It does. What it to does. Do it's, it's a smart tactic. It's a smart tactic. And also I'm going to stop investing in shitcoin. Um, yeah. Right now, I don't. Right now, our uneducated advice or mine is, I don't think, I think whatever you have in crypto, ride it and enjoy. But right now, I wouldn't recommend touching crypto. Just yeah. enjoy what you have if you have it. If you have none of it, maybe get a little just because it's fun. But I would say yeah. stay away right now. Yeah. And if anything, if you do want to get in, just get Bitcoin and Ethereum. Those are probably the two of the safest ones and just, you know. Um, okay. Time for a debate. <laughs> so the news is that Atlanta Falcons, NFL Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for the entire upcoming 2022 season, 17 games worth, because he bet on NFL games. Now, Aaron, should Calvin Ridley face a suspension or do you think he should not be suspended? I think the NFL is such a garbage league that's full of idiots and terrible people. I hate their commissioner, Goodell. I hate all their owners. I think I watch it, but I think it's trash. I think it is just a league full of double standards and idiocy. And they keep profiting on their idiocy. So... This goes with that. They suspend people for like cheating and PEDs and beating women. And like you name the terrible thing and they'll maybe hand out a game or two game suspension. Maybe four if it's a worst case scenario and they really get charged with like domestic violence. But then there's a guy here who bet on himself, who went and decided, you know what? I want to make extra money on myself. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna wager on my team like coming back and winning some game that I'm playing in, whatever he did, Calvin Ridley. And you're suspending him for having the balls to double down on himself? Like, if you're not gonna suspend someone for like beating up someone at a club for no reason, or beating up their wife, or I mean you name the different thing, but then you're gonna suspend someone for putting a few bucks or a lot of bucks because he has a lot of bucks, putting a lot of money on his team winning. I think it's just more trash by the NFL. Well, apparently he only gambled $1,500. That's it? That's it. $1,500. I know certain people on this podcast that have probably gambled more. Um, maybe not in a single event, but... Who are you talking about? I don't know. We'd have to... Viewers, you decide. Um, <laughs> And so he, it was a total of $1,500. And supposedly when he was in Florida, when he was away from the team, because he did take time away from the team for personal issues. And apparently there was a gambling app that was just legalized in Florida. He signed up for this app. However, because the apps for some reason didn't have the proper like checks for people that have out of state residents, like background checks, if they're allowed to gamble, you know, there's like, they had to go through some red tape to kind of be able to eligible for the app. They didn't go through that. So he's like, oh, okay, cool. I guess this works, but you can't always blame ignorance. You, you can't 
sometimes sometimes ignorance still has to be punished. I th- I, I think the fact that he bet for his team, uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I also don't think he should be suspended for the entire season. If I don't think he should like be suspended for a game. I just don't. Sports gambling is legal in a lot of states now. And the NFL is precedent proof. Like, they're so arbitrary about what they decide to punish people for and not punish people for that they're going to do, they're going to punish this guy for gambling 1500 bucks, but not punish you name the player. There's many every year who do really bad things. And I just, I think this league is so such crap. I think it's a terrible league. I think it's full of terrible people and I'll continue to watch it. Oh, hell yeah. Um, is, uh, and the fact that he bets $1,500, he costs him over $11 million in salary this upcoming season. I hope which, he I hope he sues the NFL. Yeah. And I I don't know. Do you feel as strongly as I do? Because I really think this is ridiculous. I mean, I still think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Same. You know, I think, like, I think, like, this is, I think this was just, like, sorry, Kareem Hunt, he kicked a woman in the head. He was suspended for, like, four games. Yeah. Like this dude just like bets on a gambling app. Um, and the fact that it's the league put, you know, this is some interesting thing from the ringer. Why does the league put more effort into investigating Ridley's bets for which no game was compromised in any way than into investigating whether former Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross attempted to pay former Miami head coach, Brian Flores to intentionally lose games. They put more into hey, investigating hey, Calvin Ridley. Hey, don't bring the Dolphins but, into this, please. but Hey, just saying, um, yes, yeah, Stephen Ross sucks, but come on. And these these are some great questions. So fundamentally, what's the difference between a player having a performance bonus in a contract, like getting an extra one million after rushing for more than a thousand yards in a season, and that player betting the over on his regular season rush total? That's mm. a good question. Um, they, you know, could they wager the Super Bowl coin toss, which was legally available to bet in many states? I mean, that's a 50-50. Like, what kind of bet? Um, and so, if NFL players aren't allowed to gamble on games, are they allowed to gamble on other things related to the NFL? Um, was Ridley unaware of the sign posted in every single NFL locker room of how it's prohibited? Maybe he was. Maybe he just saw it and like, didn't care. Um, now, it's, I'm just, I think that I'm with you. Um, that, and oh, by the way, the next, next question is, is Ridley allowed to gamble during his suspension when he's not oh, allowed to interact with the team? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, How's he going to make that 11 million bucks? Oh, it's great. And the final thing is, and that they ask is, and if the answer is yes, does Ridley want to co-host a gambling podcast to help recoup the money he's hosting in, he's hosting in 2022? <laughs> okay. So it's a great You know who I feel extra hope out of this debate where we both agree? I think we need to have Calvin Ridley on this show. Yes. Yes. We are pro Ridley. We are pro gambling. I say put money on yourself, dude. Yes, Go for dude. it. If you're not going to bet on yourself, who will? <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Okay, well, well, we both agree. Um, and this debate happy we do. gets us right into our sports update. And I really want to start with a technology-based one. Yes. Because here's another double standard. Um, so MLB, unfortunately, really sucks because we're the ones who lose, is in a lockout still. My guess is they'll figure it out soon because they don't want to lose money. 
but it sucks really just the most for the fans. I mean, the players, I'm sure, are upset too. But we are the, the fans are losing out. We don't get to go to, like the Dodgers, I had tickets for the opening uh, day at Dodger Stadium. I don't get to go to it. I, I'm, I look forward to that every year. I think we all do. Opening day is a really fun day. It's exciting for our fantasy teams, our teams we like. It's just exciting, like baseball started. But, well, 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 look at what we have here, Rohit. So, they are in a lockout, and they are fighting over dollars and cents. But MLB still managed to just make a zillion-dollar deal with Apple so that Apple will be have Friday night baseball. So all around the world, I guess, on Apple, if you subscribe to Apple uh, Plus and watch shows like Severance, you will, on Friday nights, be able to watch exclusive MLB games. It'll be Friday Night Baseball on Apple Plus. And they just made that deal for God knows how many millions or billions of dollars. And They have lots of money. They have... Lots of money. They just made a deal while they're fighting about like dollars and cents. They just made a like, giant <laughs> deal. <laughs> like how in the digital era where baseball is making different deals with different, I think they made a deal with YouTube and Amazon last year so that each like YouTube has a certain amount of games and Amazon gets like, I think 10 Yankee games. It was something like that. And then now Apple actually has Friday night. They have, like, they're the ones. I mean, MLB is just finding new ways to make tons of money. But the lockout's still happening? Yeah. What do, you, what do you think? I'm very happy that we're getting more distribution of baseball games. I'm very curious who the announcing crew will be, if they're, or if they're using, like, a Fox team, or if they're using somebody like that. Um, mm. uh, so that that's part of what I'm curious about. I love that Apple TV Plus is definitely expanding into the world of sports. So that's cool. Um one thing it'll help is, them i'm sure yeah to have live I mean, here's here's my big hope coming out of this whole sort of lockout um and the these how the negotiations have broken down thus far right now we've lost a week of baseball um, from the regular season which means that's about five fewer games that the baltimore orioles will lose Ooh. this upcoming season but last so, season like if you remember interesting stat Last season, the Orioles spent more time in first place than the Yankees. And because in April, the Orioles were good. So are you losing out on that good hot start by the Orioles? You make an excellent point. Fuck. Well, oh, how about this? They were in first place. They were in first place in April. Then maybe then their hot start will go until later in the season. Ooh. Right? Because. Let's say this. Let's say we lost the first four months of the season, <laughs> then and you, then we only played like you know a month and a half. That gives the Orioles the best chance to finish in first place because they'll start hot and uh, win the division. Yeah, but that'd be so depressing. Not for me. But have you have you done your? Uh, and we'll get fantasy on to draft. the next sports topics. But have you done your fantasy drafts yet? Not yet. I'm waiting till we get you know, word because it's a lot. I'm a commissioner of, of a league. That's like a lot of effort to like put together all the keepers and 14 teams and do all that thing. And I'm just trying to get a better idea. Um, so, but I should probably send an email to the league. Cause they're probably wondering, I haven't talked to them since last year. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm in my league. I commission. I'm also holding out because of, uh, I want to know also, there's a lot of big name free agents that haven't signed yet. Like Clayton Kershaw. 
who haven't don't have a team yet. And so Wait, for some reason, I thought he was signing with Texas. No, we there were rumors of Texas, but I'm hoping okay. Dodgers still. But we we need that part to happen too. These big names have to sign. So there's a lot of unknown, but it is very very convenient and interesting that during a lockout they found a way to make a ton more money. Man, yeah, it's well good for baseball. We love baseball. We want baseball to survive and thrive, and it's America's pastime. And whatever can get it more in front of more in front of more eyeballs and make it more exciting, great. As long as they do not institute a league wide. DH no because the DH sucks it does suck um, I, pitchers should hit it's funny it's funny watching yes. them hit it's and then you got like what was that big old pitcher that was like 45 years old that was hitting all those bombs oh, for, he was for the Mets Bartolo um, Colon Bartolo Colon yes like I'm sorry who doesn't want to see Bartolo Colon rip bombs <laughs> like what kind of human are you where you don't want to see that yeah he's like come on big and fat and probably can't and ride old. he can't ride yeah. the rides at Universal no yeah he can't ride yeah and he's like he looks 60 but he's 44 <laughs> like those are the people I want to see get a sh- when they hit home runs it's way more exciting than when like a superstar like Mike Trout does. Yes. Um, I so. am. I stand with you. And and now the question is, we have a couple other quick sports updates. Yes. By the way, most baseball fans are pitcher phobic. I just want to say. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. start a let's let's call uh, yeah. let's call the news. Um, next next topic, uh, you know, Brittany Griner, who is a superstar WNBA superstar is currently in detention in Russia because back in February, because during the off season, many, many WNBA players, these female basketball players will go and play in Russia because it's one of the highest paying foreign leagues for women. However, I think actually just to, I think one of the guests on this show, Jewel Lloyd, mm -hmm. uh, who is a WNBA superstar, all-star MVP too, right? Yeah. Two time WNBA champion. She talked on this show about how they do the WNBA. They make the money overseas. That's that's right. Yeah. And if you guys want to go back to that interview, um, it was in what uh, episode episode it It was a while. Um, We should have her on again. Yeah, we should. She was a good guest. It was it was an early episode from 2020, but um, it's somewhere in there. You can look at the descriptions anyway. Aaron, I, you know, apparently this happened before the Ukraine conf- conflict. At first I thought that, oh man, she, they, you know, Russia's probably just detaining the superstar because and saying she had hash on her. But apparently it looks like she might have brought in just a vape cartridge um, and then they caught it. And oh. this is because this is before oh, wait. Russia. So I have a question. Do you know anyone who would have brought a vape cartridge to anywhere else and uh, to a different country? <laughs> Nobody on this show. <laughs> we would never do that. <laughs> and even if we were to never do it, I mean, even yeah, we would never do it. But we would be crazy to be able to separate the cartridge and put that in our toiletries and then make sure to take the battery part and put that with our chargers and our cables and make sure to then uh, put the toiletries part in a checked bag or just in the suitcase, right? Yep. And then make sure to bring the batteries in your carry-on. Um, we would never do that. We would never but, We would never do that because it's so seamless and nobody checks and nobody cares. We would never exactly. do that. Or, or we, you know what else we would never do? We would never take Sour Patch Kids um, and empty half the pack 
and fill it with weed sour patch kids and just mix them all up and um <laughs> fly with them i don't think we would ever do no that no that's we we aren't recommending it we think it's wrong no. and we would never do that no um yeah there's a lot of things we wouldn't do yeah there's so, so many this things is the, that we wouldn't this do. is an important disclaimer we wouldn't do these things um <laughs> we wouldn't put things in our socks either no um, never never in our socks to go to events Mm-mm. No, no, nope. no. That's because we're not we're, we we don't fucking roll like that. You know, we're good people. Good people. Um, yeah. Anyway, we just want to say we wish luck to Brittany and we honestly hope that she does not become a political pawn in this. But I my fear and the reason I'm hopeless is I think that she will. I think she might because she's also uh, a minority and gay. And and yeah, they don't like they don't those, like in, those Russia. in Russia. <laughs> no. So that's an issue too. Is it's it's yeah. bad. The hope I get is I hope she gets out and then shows that what she did was like who cares? Like just yeah, yeah. I I do I do see Putin using her as a pawn. Absolutely. Yeah, probably he's. Uh, it's going to come down to he's basically hey, we'll saying we're at war already because of the Biden sanctions. So yeah. yeah. It's a problem, but we have one yeah. other, other and but I feel hope in in her will to do what she feels is right. And yes. and you have another, I, I believe. Yeah, it's just a really quick one. Yeah, this is just a prediction because we love sports predictions here, um, especially because I always win them. Um, <laughs> Aaron, a uh, big trade that went down today is that Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks quarterback, was traded to the Denver Broncos, who many people feel was just a strong star quarterback away from being a true contender. With Russell going over to Denver, I would like us both to have our projected AFC West finish, acknowledging that the other three quarterbacks in the division are young sensation Justin Herbert from the Los Angeles Chargers, as well as superstar Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs, and then Derek Carr is fine from the uh, Raiders. Now, what is... You, you factor in Russell Wilson with Denver. What is your projected order of finish in this upcoming NFL season? My prediction is it's going to be a very tight race for first. Like a 12 and 5 and an 11 and 6. First place okay. will be the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Second uh -huh. place will be the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. And then I believe in third place at like 9 and 8 will be the Denver Broncos and the Raiders will be like six and 11. Interesting. Okay. Here's my predict. I really like that. Um, we both have the same first place finish. Um, I think that Kansas city is going to win 12 games this year. Um, they started to get hot towards the end of the year. Um, they always have especially a few after, disasters. The, yeah. When you play against the giants, it's just such a good confidence builder for your team. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's a way just to be like, okay, cool. We got that easy one. We feel good about ourselves. We put up like 40 points. You know, it's a good get, it's a good get back on the wagon game for most teams yeah, when you play the Giants. Yeah. Um, and I do think Kansas City is going to win that division. I, I have a feeling that um, the Chargers, I was going to say Chargers third, but I'm actually going to go second. I'm, I'm with you in that. I think we're, we're aligned there, but I think the Chargers will be like, still fighting for that wild card and barely getting it. And then it, but that could be after, that 11 and six might barely get uh -huh. it. Yeah. 10 and, and then I 10 think, and seven, 11 and six is that yep, you're not yeah. sure. I think 10 and seven is probably right. Maybe 11 and six. Yeah. I think you're right. And then I think the Raiders again are going to be back in it. 
and they're going to miss out on the wild card, but they're going to still like showing like an overall improvement year to year. And the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson will finish in last place in the division. So I, I could see they're going to have six wins. I, I think you could be right. Like I don't, I don't, I think Russell Wilson was the perfect team. Like when he, when Seattle's had that great team around him so that it's structured exactly for his offense, they've done well, but he's old now and he relies a lot on his legs and is Denver really ready to plug in that kind of quarterback? Cause they were ready to plug in an Aaron Rodgers, and they're not going to do that very different type of quarterback. So I just, yeah, I think they'll probably be a little better than that, but they're not going to be, they're not going to matter. They're not going to matter this season. I agree. I agree. Um, well, one second. And, and then while you're doing that, so we have that agreement. We, we cover, we've covered everything from MLB to WNBA to the NFL. We've been debating, we've talked about crypto, but with topic two, and then I can't believe for our hopeless TV, but with topic two, this for me is interesting. And I, I feel weird about it. Dare I say hopeless. CNN, they have a new uh, a new boss because Jeff Zucker got fired for some something. Uh, so the head of CNN, whose name I'm for, what's his name? Uh, uh, Chris Licht, 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 um, has said that he is wants a truce with Fox News. They don't want to have a like us versus them a so basically in my eyes i think they're all trash and they all not i mean lately they've been helpful because uh for watching the stuff on the war we we actually need them so i'm i've watched the news again but i quit the news for a while my life was way better for it and (laughs) i didn't watch cnn or fox for about a year and then except for like a couple rare occasions just to see like, oh, that happened. Let me just see what that was. But CNN caving when Fox News has only gotten more atrocious with the Tucker Carlson's like saying, uh, you know, that he kind of sides with Russia and stuff. Like this is not the time to do a truce. You can't have a truce with a blatant enemy that is just, spewing the worst rhetoric possible of late with a couple of their hosts. Some of them I know don't do this, but the Tucker Carlson's of the world are like enemies to the state, let alone enemies to cable TV. So it makes me feel hopeless that I think it's, I was on Fox News and said, I think that you and CNN should get along. They weren't happy that I said that, but I said, I think everyone could get along if you rise to higher topics. So I was on Fox News and said that. And I still believe right now is not the time to do the truce. I, I agree with you. But here's the thing. I hope for you, dude. There will be no truce. And here's why. Because Fox has no reason to form a truce. Because Fox right now averages, in the most recent ratings, 2.63 million primetime viewers. MSNBC had 1.19. So less than half. And CNN had 774,000. Whoa. Okay. Right. And CNN's down 54%. It's, it's, these are three absolute garbage networks that are just nothing but propaganda. And there is, and Fox is up 6% over year over year. If you're Fox. Well, I'm guessing all their ratings are way bigger because of the war, but. 
Yeah, but it's it's and there probably is, but CNN's down so fifty four percent even with the war. Whoa, right? Oh, this is right? recent. This is like this. This week. is this is recent. This is dated um, March first. So this is they haven't released new new ratings are coming out later today, I guess. Um, but this Fox is like um, we would truce with you. Why? Yeah, our propaganda and our anti-American yeah. hosts who spew rhetoric that hurts that Russia uses on their commercials to promote pro-Russian sentiment is working. We're helping Russia yeah. and we're helping our bank account. Yeah, and I think we all win in the end when there is no truce between the propaganda networks um, because you don't want these three trash networks stacking up together to make you know a Franken trash network. <laughs> um, so let them fracture, let them die, and I'm okay. Well, I hope you're... I hope you're right. I, I don't think it'll. I think the these types of things like the war help them. All their ratings this week, I, whenever they release them, I guarantee you they're up to the moon from what they were, because people have been glued to seeing what's going on with the war. So that there, but I hope that, yeah, I hope they all learn to change their rhetoric so that they report the news like they've been doing lately actually reporting what's going on in the news and not trying to make up things that just to cause uh, to cause to give ratings, which Fox this News does constantly. Yeah. And this is interesting. CNN is for decades this is from Forbes that does the reports on the ratings. CNN has for decades outperformed the competition in times of major breaking news, particularly in times of war. But since Wednesday of last week, when the Ukraine story raced to dominate primetime cable news coverage, CNN has not been able to catch Fox News in the five days since Wednesday. Fox has delivered an average primetime audience of 3.2 million viewers, representing a 76% edge over CNN. Wow. You know what also I think it is? A theory. If you want to watch Fox News, there's a select group of people that really want to watch Fox News. There's a lot of people who are down to watch CBS News, M NBC News, ABC News during the war, NBC News. Uh, local news like KTLA in LA, CNN, MSNBC, all of those news channels are roughly doing about the same thing during the war. And then Fox News is doing something totally different or a lot different with like Tucker Carlson. So they have an advantage no matter what, because there's a lot more people not doing what they do than them. Yeah. So from what I've seen, it's like Fox is definitely more war hawkish. Whereas, you know, we're seeing CNN, it's kind of like they're, they're kind of taking more of the peace route. It, they're just kind of falling along party lines. Um, and it's, yeah, regardless, I'm very happy to see the trash news networks suffer a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, and now we have, uh, as we near the end of the show, but we have a very exciting hopeless TV section. Some, some yes. weeks this has been, you know, less interesting. This week we have, we have some good stuff for you. Yeah, and... Um, I will actually just pick one of my topics since we are running short on time. Um, but Aaron, have you seen the Batman yet? I have not. I'm I'm sort of curious, but I I have to say I am so tired. I mean, in our lifetimes, there have been so many Batmans, and I think there was one amazing Batman, Batman Begins, the Christopher Nolan one, and. I just, how many Batmans do I need? Like, I know the story. Yeah, I mean, it's, here's the thing. Batman's my favorite superhero. 
Um, Wolverine's a close second, but Batman's definitely been my favorite my whole life. What I love, because he's not a superhero, rather, he's, you know, he's a vigilante and he doesn't have superpowers. And what I loved, what this movie did, is they actually played off of the recent comic arc where it's a really dark, desperate Gotham City. Oh, and noir, right? Brooding, yeah, it's, it's very much a film noir. And they follow a lot of the film noir sort of stylings. Where it's like the dark, grumbly voiceover that's just talking about the city dying and its flesh rotting from the inside out. You know, and then there's lots of rain, and half of it or most of it's shot in the dark scenes. You, even though it's shot in color, it still feels black and white in many ways. You know, or like really undersaturated in the right way. So, what would you um, say, I, without a spoiler? What do you? What would be? I I loved it. Oh, you Ina, did. We saw it last last night. I loved it. Ina hated it. And here's what else <laughs> I loved, and this is why I recommend. It. So, what I loved also was that the villains, they didn't wear crazy costumes. Like the Riddler wasn't wearing a neon green suit with question marks all over it. The Penguin wasn't a guy dressed up like a penguin. These were like regular like villains that looked, and even the Batmobile was like realistic in a way even though super badass right it felt like the most realistic gritty it felt like a crime detective movie so more like the joker to start kind of in a way actually that yeah, was fantastic that was awesome so i really love this one and zoe kravitz was so hot <laughs> like it was insane but i just want to quickly wrap this up and say i might have a problem and people at home listening um maybe you're with me when you watch this and i'm not gonna spoil anything but I think for the first 85% of the movie, the Riddler did nothing wrong. Oh, all right. Now I need to see it. Yeah. With that, yeah. with that little, little, uh, yeah. I'm curious. Cause I might get, I might get put on a list for saying it, but I don't think the Riddler did really anything wrong. All right. Um, now I really want to watch it. I want to see yeah. if yeah. I just have to put aside three hours. He it's, I it's excellent filmmaking. Like excellent, excellent filmmaking. Well, if if you're going in there for like an Avengers style wham bam kind of, no, it's I'm not there. There's there's excellent violence. And another one thing before we move on is the way Batman attacks these like street thugs. You know, usually like he like knock them over, punch them, but what he does, he actually like a lot of them, he caves their faces in with like repeated punches where you hear the splat and the crush and splat and it's just like, holy shit, he just smashed that guy's orbital <laughs> and his face is like falling in. Like that's the kind of violence that this Batman brings. So it's not just comical. It's like, it's like Jesus. So it's really, um, it's hearty, hearty grossness. It's really, yeah. And also I didn't realize until today that Colin Farrell was the penguin. Didn't really? He's that unrecognizable? Yeah. Like literally, I still can't see it. Um, Ooh. So anyway, I love. All right. It. Well, you gave me hope for Batman. Great. Great. Now I want to see it. And speaking of seeing things, so a new episode of the show Rohit worked on, Severance, came out, and uh, I want to, I want to talk about it more than I guess I should because it's, but it is out. I just all I'll say is I'm. Still very curious because I'm really into the plot. I still, the characters, I'm, I'm not there yet with what the hell's going on because there's separate, the separation of the work environment and that person in the home environment. I just am not seeing the connection. What I will say is that the work environment feels like your classic 
horror movie setup. It's so if you haven't seen the show yet and you do enjoy a horror movie, the part where they're at work is really your basic, your straight horror movie. It is about people trying to get out of a place and some don't and some are bad and some are good. And there's like a pretty girl in distress. You've got all of those tropes. So if you like a horror movie, watch it at the very least for that because it's, uh, and besides the fact Rohit, but it's fun. The story is really interesting. So um, I just, uh, I just wanted to say that I'm still, I'm not just handing it over and saying I'm fully sold yet on these characters because I don't, Great. I don't know yet, but the plot is keeping me there. And if you even only like half the plot, and half the plot you find a little slower when they're not in the office. Just remember, half the plot is like a horror movie. And it really yeah. goes and there in the last episode. And we can definitely expect another filmmaker and storyteller to, uh, you know, obviously be a much more, like, like, much more critical of the craft because you are so involved in it. So I respect that. Um, so, um, yeah. But I look forward to talking theories and talking stuff once you get a little bit further in. Uh, probably another one more episode, maybe. Um, but so yeah, maybe yeah, a new one came out. out I forget which day it is. I just check every bit and yeah, it comes out every like Thursday night. Thursday. Okay, um, so we'll have another yeah. one soon. But the yes. Uh, so yeah, there's that, and then a shout out because we uh, we had a guest on maybe a month ago, a month and a half ago. Mark Gessner, who is in the TV show Super Pumped on Showtime. Uh, I feel a little hopeless because Showtime just doesn't promote their shows that much. So you don't, you might not have seen a lot of ads for it or commercials for it or anything, but it is about the founder of Uber, Travis Kalanick, and Mark Gessner plays his attorney in the show. And he's this wild and crazy dude. And you probably know the Uber story at least a little bit. But check it out if you haven't, because we always love to give shout outs for our guests and their shows. And uh, Mark is uh, is in this and he's great. So check out Super Pumped on Showtime. And Can't wait to I see wish it. they would uh, advertise yeah, it a little more. Yeah. Give Mark some love. Yeah. And Aaron. And so what do we got next. Well, why don't we I'll, I'll save uh, I'll save that for next week. And let's get into the guests, the BTS, because. I think there's no chance you're going to guess this. But okay. today, a, uh, a known person that you would not expect, I believe, said, again, BTS, our, favorite, our favorite band, K-pop, they've, they've stormed the world ever since we started talking about them on this show. Before that, they were nothing. We really started their careers. We just don't know their music that well, though we know it more than we used to. But a lot of people have caught on. So can you guess the fan of BTS that not only loves them, he called himself a stan of BTS. He's a super fan. But he also wants them to play at his wedding. Now, is this person currently engaged? Yes, so it's an extra hint. Is this person American? Uh, yeah. I like this yes no game. Okay, is this person an actor? He has definitely acted. I've seen him in at least the one movie. Is this person Pete Davidson? No. 
Shit. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Um, is this person a comedian? No. Is this person a musician? Y- yes, that's the main thing he is. Okay. Is this person Donald Glover? No. I hope you're playing along okay. at home too, because this is. Um. Good. Okay. Is this person white? Yes. Okay. It's not a color thing, man. Okay. Have. Do you think that I would have this person on my Spotify? Maybe. Okay. Has this person had a top 40 hit? I think so. Okay. Is this, wait, is this person your friend from um, 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 Portugal the Man? No. Am I closer now? No. Or did I go in the wrong Wrong direction? Wrong direction. Okay. Okay, give me one more. Give me another hint. Um, Your best guess was Pete Davidson. I need another hint. That's a little bit. Um, Reveals a little more. His fiance is also very, uh, very famous. Like they've been in the public eye. Oh, Machine Gun Kelly. Booyah, you got it. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and was I right with all of my clues? Yeah, you were. You were. I, I don't have any songs by him, but I do, you know, I have no distaste for him. I'm right, like, you could. Him. You like, at a yeah. festival, you would maybe go watch him perform. Sure, why not? Why not? And uh, and he's been in movies. I, the one movie he was in, was he? did he play Tommy Lee, I think, in the Motley Crue movie? He's been in a number of films. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that it, Machine Gun Kelly is a huge BTS fan. If you don't know Machine Gun Kelly, this game was a waste of your time. If you <laughs> if you do know him, it's a pretty interesting thing because you wouldn't expect it. And so with that, we are moving on to Hope in 60 Seconds. Yes. All right. So this will be, uh, you know, for the new listeners, this is where Aaron and I take one minute to find hope. Uh, that means each of us takes a turn, 30 seconds to explain the hopelessness, and then thirty. the other person takes 30 seconds to answer it. I will kick off Aaron starting now. So I'm really hopeless about a Michigan uh, House of Representatives candidate. Um, and he just won, he's just filled, uh, won a special election to fill a House seat. Um, his name is RJ Reagan. And when discussed, um, about possible decertification, he says, uh, having three daughters to tell my daughters, if rape is inevitable, you should just lie back and enjoy it. What? What the hell? What? Um, so he got called out by all his Republican co- uh, people and all his Democrat people, and they're asking him to like step down just after winning the special election. But how do we find hope in so this? So he already won? He won the special election, and now... He's a congressman? Like, he says this dumb shit. He's a house... Um, it's like a junior house person. Okay, I have like our state house. I have easy hope. There's no way this guy keep there. He is going to be forced, like, like Al Franken unfairly was forced to resign. But this guy is going to be forced to resign. You can't say something like that and keep your office, and it's going to be bipartisan. And there's no way he will have his job in three months. Yeah, I think you're right. And if he does keep his job, holy crap, GOP, get your shit together. Um, but I'm glad that he's been censored by censured with a U. Since you since you by by but yeah, I'm just really disappointed. And that type of talk, 
the GOP should have a big long thing to themselves that they even have people that would say shit. Well, like look that. at look at a couple of their uh, their ladies in the in the uh, in Congress. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Um, all right, Aaron, you are up. Uh, all right, I feel hopeless because they are announcing that they are going to be starting the sixty-two mile high club. Yes, they're going to have people go into space and have sex, and I think that's awesome. What I feel hopeless about is because it's only for the super rich people, and I, it's never going to be us. I know, not us together, I, not us together. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless our sponsors pay for yeah, it, you know. Fine. But it's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, hope what. I mean, this is one of the most depressing topics we've ever had. Yeah. Um, one, because I've we've talked about in the show. I want to go to space and I want to die in space. But I just want to bone in space too. I never even thought about that. <laughs> and now more people are living my dream and your dream, and it's not fair. No, um, I need hope. You have 10 seconds. Okay. Give me something. Well, here's here's actually they're sending these people up to study because they're not sure if people can properly copulate. So it's going to be just really bad orgasms <laughs> and they're going to go up there and it's going to feel like a waste. All right. All right. I feel hope. All right. I'll hope. Gong yep. it. Bong. Cool. Boners are going to be hard. You know, ejaculating is going to be hard. All that's going to be hard. So well, and the wrong kind of hard. Uh, it's a it's a it's a pun on penises. <laughs> yeah. So we have one submission and and then we'll end the show. Larry from Los Angeles said, is Claus Schwab the most dangerous man in the world? Do you know Claus Schwab? Is it Charles's son? No, it's the World Economic uh, Council, the founder of it, and all every... Oh, that guy. Yes. Yeah, that dude's a shade ball. So, uh, why don't you take it? Do you, do you think sure. that he will... He runs this big summit thing about about he's economic he's already talked about yeah this the guy from the world economic forum now the world economic forum has many countries that belong to it they sort of talk about financial things and they all kind of agreed upon have agreed upon plans he's recently had some quotes where he's talked about all the countries that he's got in his pocket he's literally said yeah i have this country doing what they want for me i have that country like you know i'm kind of pulling the string it's like these are like the quotes that he's saying in these conferences and it's just like it's I don't believe in the Illuminati and that bullshit. That's all like, you know, that's like, that's dumb, like conspiracy theory. But when you actually have a leader that you know is working directly with every single major world leader out there and claiming that they're doing exactly what he is asking them to and saying that he's got them in his pocket, that's dangerous. Very. So it's, it's fuck Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. All right, Larry. Um, so there you go. That's. I do pity. He's not the most dangerous man in the world. He's up there. Right now, Vladimir Putin is yes. the most dangerous man in the world. So there's hope. So he is not the most dangerous man in the world, but he's another villain, and he's just one of those villains that's not outwardly known or villainized. And and so um, now we will. And thank you for that, Rohit and Larry. I hope that helps. He is not the most dangerous man in the world. And now we just have our hope fulfilled to end the show on a bright side as we leave you. The first is Alt J is going on a stadium tour with a guest who's been on this show, Portugal the Man. So I'm excited because right before the pandemic, I saw Portugal the Man, New Year's Eve's uh, two shows. It was awesome, so fun, like hanging out with them. And it's been a couple of years because of the pandemic. So it's full circle, the fact that they are now doing a show again. They've been on this show in between. And so everyone go check out the, that concert at a stadium near you. 
That sounds amazing. And I was just I went to see Godspeed You Black Emperor last week. That was great. It was great going out and seeing live music again. Um, so yes, lots of hope there. Go see live and Aaron, music. you got one last note. One last thing is today, President Joseph R. Biden said, as he was laying down the biggest sanctions yet on the Ukraine, he said, Putin will never take Ukraine. And that gave me hope because he's been, as we I kind of predicted last week, he's been ramping up the level of intensity against Putin. And him saying that is the closest thing we've had to uh, you will uh, get off my lawn. You, you will. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, you know, I, I'm remaining hopeful. I mean, I'm still, I, you know, it's a very scary man that we're up against. And but our our guy, Putin, our guy is saying no. But even a few years ago, Putin said he would never take Ukraine. So, <laughs> like, let's let's see. But I appreciate the confidence and the swift actions. Um, and, the, and increasing the sanctions. So good job, Mr. Biden. Um, but yeah, let's let's see where we are a week from now. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, with that, we are. We hope you felt hope. We hope you felt joy. We felt hope you've had laughter, excitement, sadness, a lot of things digital. And uh, until next week. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this episode number seventy-four of the Hopeless Show. Yeah. It's brought to you by Mailchimp and the letter Q. Yes, yes. Tune in and stay hopeful. Please make sure to follow my co-host, Aaron Wolf, and The Aaron Wolf on all your social media handles. And you can follow me, Rohit, at Vohit for Rohit with the number four across all your social platforms. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. And stay pretentious. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. Hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa, it's a hopeless soul.